Welcome to the Defender Bible Study, a weekly encouragement to equip the body of Christ through the study of Scripture and prayer to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children around the world. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, where we believe that defending the fatherless begins by being rooted in God's Word. Good morning. Today is Monday, February 1st, 2021. My name is Josh Caldwell. I'm Lifeline's Vice President of International Ministries, and this is the Defender Podcast. I hope everyone had a great weekend and looking forward to a great week upcoming um, this week at Lifeline on our Monday Bible study. Um, We are continuing to study Lifeline's faith statement. Um, This week, our topic is the second coming of Christ, and it is important to think through our faith statement as we are ministering uh, with the Gospels. We're joining hands with families and churches all across our country and all around the world. We want to make sure that we're all pointing in the same direction together um, as we're joining hands. And one of those topics is the second coming of Christ. And Um, I don't know about you, but I found myself longing for the Lord's second coming more and more over the last few years. And um, it has it it could be as that I'm getting older and looking at my kids and seeing the things that they will face uh, through go through in this world. Thinking through my my mother passing away several years several years ago and thinking about suffering in this world. There's just lots of things about seeing shootings on the news, the divorce rate abortions and so many things that are struggling and just thinking of all the things that are going on, looking at the headlines, hearing uh, about tragedy all around the world. Um, We long for Jesus. We long for him and we long for Jesus coming back. Uh, My grandmother used to say, Lord, come quickly or come quickly, Lord. Uh, You know, have you ever said that? I know I have. And I used to I remember my grandmother saying things like that. And the reality uh, is that all around our country and all over the world that there are people that feel that he is not coming. And people that uh, don't know Christ and won't experience the hope and longing that we do to be with him. And so why is it important for us to talk about the second coming of Jesus? It is important um, to include in our faith statement. And uh, John Piper um, said this, he said, it is essential that Jesus come back in the flesh and that he triumphed with finality over the devil and over all evil. He must banish all ungodliness and establish his kingdom. He must bring a new heaven and a new earth so that there is only righteousness and peace and that everything that God has designed for this world must come to its climax. And that's a really great kind of introduction to think about um, this part of our faith statement of the second coming. I'll read that. The part of our faith statement is <clears throat> says this. It says, we believe in the personal, visible, and second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ at a time unknown to us, but for which we are eagerly anticipating. So we're going to spend time today pretty much looking, just looking at a lot of scripture, and we're going to just be encouraging, uh, be encouraged through the reading of God's word and through looking at scripture. But before we get to the second coming, you know, I think about, of course, if you think uh, of a second coming, there must have been a first. Um, That means that we need to think through and I think just hit some highlights of um, some verses 
about the first coming. And I just want to just hit a hit a couple things real quick and just thinking about that. What did Jesus do? He humbled himself. I'm going to read that Philippians four, excuse me, Philippians two says this, have this in mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God uh, a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself. By taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. So Jesus humbled himself and he did not he did not count equality with God something to be gasped, but he emptied himself and became a servant. So he humbled himself. He also lived a sinless life. Second Corinthians five twenty one. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin. Jesus knew no sin, so that in him we might have righteousness. And then we also know that he suffered. I love this verse uh, Isaiah. This chapter in Isaiah fifty three. We know that he suffered, and it says, but he was pierced for our transgression. He was crushed for our iniquity. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray, and we've turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Then we also know that he he came um, he humbled himself. He lived a sinless life. He suffered. We also know that he died in Matthew 27, 45 through 53. From noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over all the land. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice. And you skip on down and see that um, that at the moment in 51, at that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom. The earth shook, the rocks split, and the tombs broke open. The bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life and they came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared to many people. So he not only humbled himself, he lived, he suffered, he died, he was buried. We see that um, in 27, Matthew 27, that Jesus was buried when the evening, when it was evening, there came a rich man named Joseph, who was a disciple of Jesus. He went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate ordered it to be given to him. And Joseph took the body and wrapped it in clean linen shroud and laid it in his own tomb, which he had cut in the rock and he rolled a great stone to the entrance of the tomb and went away. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were there sitting opposite of the tomb. He was not only suffered, he not only died, he not only was buried, but he rose again. And just this, just this incredible picture of, uh, uh, of the resurrection in, in Luke 24 on this day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spice they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but they entered and they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them in their fright. The woman bowed with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. So we know that Jesus, this is kind of a simple look. We know there's many, many other verses and, and, and a lot of depth that we could go there and think through. 
Um, but Rick Morton um, helped create some notes for this for this talk, and he gave this illustration. It is it is not much differently than the situation we encounter often when we have a family that's adopting and is declared in court, but yet they must wait for travel at a later date to complete the adoption and physically unite with the child. The adoption is completely real. It is completely sealed at that moment, but is not completely accomplished until they are together in person. Uh, John Piper says this, if we said that Christ didn't have to come back and that all we had was a perpetual state of what we have now, it would be a tragedy. The Bible would abort and God's purposes would not stand. So it's just a uh, just thinking through the the second coming and just an essentially absolutely essential doctrine for us to think through um, about the Lord's glory and the second coming of Jesus. So there are lots of details when it comes to the second coming about uh, will when will it take place and how will it take place and will it take place before something else or after something else, what date, time, etc. All of those things. But we're going to look at six points that we believe are very important for the second coming of Jesus. Six points that we believe we should be on the same page about and they're they're scripturally scripturally based and something we just want to uh, just walk through and uh, and think about today. And the first is that Jesus himself will return in person. Hebrews 9.28. So Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with the sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. So number one, Jesus himself will return in person. Number two, thing that we need to think about when we're thinking about the second coming is that his return will be in person, just like the ascension into heaven. Acts 1 11. It says this and said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who is taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. The same way as you saw him go. Imagine those men of Galilee standing there looking amazed in shock. This is Jesus who was taken up from you will come in the same way as he went up. So the first thing is that Jesus himself will return in person. The second is that his return will be in person, just like his ascension to heaven. Number three, Jesus' return will not be hidden or invisible thing. First Thessalonians 4.16 says this, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command. Think about that. Cry of command. And just think about the how public that will be. With the voice of an archangel and with the sound of a trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise. There's a funny story that I was telling some, some friends um, last week that we're moving and we're moving and my boys, um, 12 and eight years old, um, as we were moving, they found their grandfather's trumpet that was in our attic. And the, the boys, of course, who are resourceful, um, went and looked on YouTube to found, find a how to play the trumpet. Um, 
guide. And I said, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Y'all, y'all go and try to figure out how to play the trumpet. The whole time I'm thinking they're not going to know how to play the trumpet. And when they got finished listening to the YouTube video, the big thing that he taught them on that is how to hold your mouth and how to blow in the trumpet. So instead of um, it being just something where it's just a lot of air, they actually knew how to make sound. And now I've got two boys walking around the house trumpeting. And I'm telling you, the sound of a trumpet is not something that will be silent. And it is in this verse that we see that is the trumpet of God. And just think about that, how this Jesus will return. It will not be hidden or invisible. Um, but his return will be visible for all to see. And we know it will be loud because it will involve a trumpet. Um, verse, uh, the, set, the fourth thing is that the time of Jesus' return is unknown. Uh, Matthew 24, 37. For as were in the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. First Thessalonians 5, 2 says this. For you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. So the first thing was Jesus himself will return in person. The second is that he, his return will be like the ascension into heaven. Three, Jesus will return not to be hidden or invisible, but his return will be visible for all to see. Number four, the time of Jesus is unknown. Number five is this. We are to be on continual watch for Jesus' second coming. Matthew 24. 36 through 44, but concerning that day and hour that no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the son, but the father only for as were the days of Noah, so will be coming the son of man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark and they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So will be this, the coming of the son of man. Then two men will be in the field and one will be taken and one left. Two women will be grinding at the mill and one will be taken and one will be left. Therefore stay awake for you do not know on that day your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you did not expect. So let's be on continual watch. Let's be ready for the Son of Man coming. And number six, of our things that we need to consider as we're thinking about the second coming of Jesus is 1 Corinthians 15 is that Jesus's return will be final, but each in his own order, Christ, the first fruits, then at his coming, those who belong to Christ, then comes the end. And when he delivers the kingdom of God, the father, after destroying every rule and every authority and power, these are six truths that we must hold on to when we're thinking about the second coming. But as we close out today, I want us to think about a couple of things. Um, and Dr. David Platt does a, uh, a teaching time called Secret Church and Secret Church 13, which I believe was in 2017. It was on heaven, hell, and the end of the world. And he gave us a few things when we were, t- he was teaching on the second coming. He gave, he gave several points there, and I'm just going to take three of them um, 
and then I'm going to talk about one that will just help apply to where we are right now. And the first one that David gives in his 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 where do we go from here when we're thinking about the second coming is one is that we trust in the authority of Christ. And he uses Matthew 24, um, which we've looked at a little bit today is that immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will be fall from heaven and the powers of heaven will be shaken. Then will appear in heaven the sign of the son of man and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the son of man coming on the clouds of heaven with the power and great glory. We must trust in the authority of Christ. Christ has authority over all things. We also must uh, persevere in the power of Christ. We must persevere in Christ and that Christians will not be saved from trials and Christians are not are, are saved through trials, that followers of Jesus will face temptation. We see this in Matthew 24, 10 through 13. And then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will raise and lead many astray. And because lawlessness will increase, the love of many will grow cold, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. We are to persevere in the power of Christ. Then we are also to anticipate the coming of Christ. Let's remember 2 Peter 3.10. It says, but the, the day of the Lord will come like a thief and then the heavens will will pass away with a roar and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. In Revelation 3.3, remember then what you received and heard, keep it and repent. If you will not uh, wake up, I will come like a thief and you will not know of what hour I come against you. Let's anticipate the coming of Christ. And through anticipating the coming of Christ, lastly, let's live and serve Christ faithfully today. Let's not get stuck and in in our walk. Let, let us focus on Christ and let us walk forward in our relationship with him by doing the things that he has called us to do. Are you today living and serving faithfully uh, to Christ? So let's remember to trust in the authority of Christ, persevere in the power of Christ, anticipate the coming of Christ, and live and serve Christ faithfully today. If you want to hear more of that um, from Secret Church, there is a great Secret Church out there at Radical.net, and you can check it out, um, Secret Church 13. Um, and there's a whole section on the second coming. But I want to just turn our attention real quick to another verse of Scripture that as I think about things like the second coming and as I hear those words like my grandmother used to say, Lord, come quickly, um, I believe those those are definitely hopeful words in the sense of we long for Jesus. We want to turn our eyes and our hearts to him. But they also could be paralyzing. Um, because we could just get complacent and say, Lord is coming, Lord come. And I want us to hear these these verses in Romans 12. I shared this with a group of families 
um, that are waiting right now. And I ask them not to get stuck and not to get complacent in what is going on in their life, but to pursue Jesus. And, and, and I think in those moments that we need to have some practical things that we can do and say and read and hold on to. In Romans 12, starting in verse 9, the marks of a true Christian is the way this is subheading is in my uh, ESV. And it says, let love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. So as we think about this whole live and serve faithfully today, are you doing those things? Are you letting love be genuine? Are you hating what is evil? Are you holding fast to what is good? Are you loving one another with brotherly affection? If you continue to go, it says outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. And we'll keep, you can keep reading that. But I would encourage you today, if you are seeking, just if you're in a place in your life and you're just, you feel like you, you want to um, grow closer to Christ and you're struggling with what to do today, I'd, I'd encourage you to read verses like this in Romans 12. Read it over and over and over again. Ask yourself, are you loving generally? Genuinely, Are you loving your brother? Are you trying to outdo others in affection? And are you rejoicing in hope? And, and just thinking through those things as we are anticipating the second coming of Christ, as we are longing to be with him, as our focus and our heart's attention is focused on him. Let's remember that today, to love, to live, to serve Christ faithfully today. So as we do each week, we'd love to turn to a time of prayer where we are praying for specific things inside of Lifeline and outside of Lifeline. And today we want to be praying for churches and church partnerships with Lifeline. We want to pray that God will bring us into new church partnership relationships. So if you're listening to this podcast and you know of a church that is interested in missional work, uh, especially to the vulnerable around the world, we would love to to talk to you about that. If you or a church out there that, or you know of a church that is seeking to live missionally in your community. There are foster children in your area uh, that need the support of a church, that need the love and care of a church. And we can help you do that. And we can partner with churches to help them live out this mission of seeing the gospel go forth to the nations as we care for the vulnerable. Pray um, also that we will grow deeper in our relationships with our existing partners. We have some amazing church partnerships all over the country and all over the world, and we pray that those go um, deeper. We are praying also for greater racial diversity among our church partnerships all over the country and all over the world. We want to be a diverse group of people that are focused in our hearts and minds, focused on Christ and honoring him. Um, We also want to pray for our alumni families to see them help engage through the church to support them as a family that has adopted or fostered, but also to help connect them back to Lifeline. So we want to be in prayer for these things today, um, and we want to make sure that we are have our, our hearts and minds focused on Christ. And so today, um, I would encourage you to go read Romans 12. Um, starting in verse nine and just pray through those things and, um, and and ask yourself those questions. Are you living and serving Christ faithfully 
today. Let us pray. God, we love you so much, and we thank you for this day. I pray, thank you for the second coming of Christ, these scripture verses that we've read today. I pray that we're encouraged, that we can think through how that we can live and serve Christ faithfully today. Lord, I pray that you would guide and direct our hearts and our minds. Lord, we love you and we need you and we thank you. And I pray for these church partnerships that we've mentioned. I pray for connections and deeper relationships and new relationships with churches. Lord, thank you. And I pray that we honor you with all of our words and all of our actions today. In your name we pray. Amen. This has been the Defender Cod Podcast, and I pray that you would join us uh, next week as we continue our study of the faith statement at Lifeline. Thanks again for joining us for the Defender Bible Study. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Bible Study to make it easier for more people to find. For more resources and information on how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, please visit us at lifelinechild.org. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. We look forward to seeing you again next week for the Defender Bible Study.